This is Libble Talk on Supporting During the Neonatology Intensive Care Unit Stay. I'm Dr. Dustin Arnold, Chief Medical Officer at UniPoint Health, St. Luke's Hospital. Parents and families who have a baby that are in the, the Neonatology Intensive Care Unit, or the NICU, uh, they're under tremendous stress, uh, emotional, financial, uh, information asymmetry. People are talking in terms they don't understand. Uh, they they want to be with their uh, newborn, uh, that's, uh, that's, uh, that's ill 24-7, but they still have lives and jobs, and I can't even begin to imagine the stress that they're under. But medicine's a team sport, and today with me is Carla Pisarek. She's the family support liaison with UniPoint Health uh, for St. Luke's Hospital at Women's and Children's uh, Health Center. Carla, uh, give us a glimpse of uh, just what goes into uh, your day as you help support these families that have these very vulnerable, ill children uh, that are in the, the NICU or the Neonatology Intensive Care Unit, and uh, how you approach that. Sure. Um, so when we have families that come into the NICU, it is, um, essentially it's a roller coaster. It sounds very cliche to say that, but every day is a little bit different, and in some cases every hour can be really different. And um, when they first come to the NICU, um, like you said, it's a whole new terminology. Um, I'm not an auto mechanic. I wouldn't know how to right. fix a car. That's a great so it, it's kind of that same idea that, um, you know, we use so many terminology, medical terminology, and when you're in a, a medical facility, and so learning those terms and um, even just grasping the idea that your child is in the NICU, um, I often will share with families, you know, you didn't plan on being in the NICU. Even sometimes when we have high-risk pregnancies where they're being followed, um, you know, it's not a guarantee that they're going to be in the NICU, but um, healthy babies sometimes need a little extra support and they come to the NICU. So it's, it's not always the teeny tiny babies that um, a lot of folks might think of when you think of someone being in the NICU, but it can be a term um, baby just the same. So um, I help them and, and um, kind of cope with that experience. So the medical staff take care of the baby, and I'm um, one of the team members that help the family members. You know, I think people forget, I don't forget, because I think what they do over in the NICU is just amazing, really, truly is miracles. Mm -hmm. But those little, they may be measured in ounces, but mm -hmm. they have the same number of uh, internal organs that an adult has, right. you know, and all these organs are affected, and, you know, every... Like when I take care of people in the intensive care unit, they may have one or two organ systems that are compromised. Uh, but really, truly, a lot, a lot of these babies, I mean, it's their whole body that's compromised, yes. you know, because they, I mean, they're born prematurely sometimes. Um, and as I said earlier, medicine's a team sport. Yep. And uh, I think physicians are, are part of that team. They're not the only member. Mm -hmm. uh, sometimes physicians forget that, you know, and they have to be reminded, but that's, that's okay. What are the most common Let's start with the most common concerns that family members have. I mean, I, I can think of the obvious, you're missing work, family medical leave, et cetera. Yes. What are the most common? Um, yeah, you, you kind of nailed those. Um, missing work. Uh, well, first and foremost, probably, you know, is my baby going to live? Right. And that's, that is the first um, worry. And um, so reassuring them that we're going to do, obviously, everything we can. And um, so that, you know, their child being sick. Um, work, other kids. Um, we have a fair number of families that are transferred into St. Luke's, so they don't necessarily live in or even in close proximity to Cedar Rapids. 
Um, they might come from Finley or Waterloo or even um, beyond that. And so we have some families that are, it might be two or three hours away, so transportation is a big issue. Um, so when you combine all of those kinds of things, um, sometimes we might have um, little support from um, other family members or they might not have a lot of support from friends. So those I'd say are the kind of the top ones. Um, kind of just wondering how they're going to get through this experience of being in the NICU, especially when you add the sick child and then everything, everything else to that. Yeah, and you, you described that roller coaster, that clinical roller coaster, which is mm -hmm. so true. Um, and even as physicians, we see the patient on Monday morning and we make changes and we expect those changes to have benefited the patient. Mm -hmm. Uh, when we come in Tuesday and see the patient again. And sometimes it's a, it takes 48 hours, 72 hours to really see a, a, a change in your treatment plan. But we're kind of on this daily schedule and with daily rounds that we, right. we do that. Now, I know, uh, being a little inside baseball here, but I, I know you have structured meetings with the family. You want to tell, tell us about that? Sure. I, I think that would be important. Yeah. Um, I am fortunate. I um have the opportunity to work with families a little bit differently than uh, maybe the medical staff does. And I have opportunities for them to do some activities. Um, so I wouldn't necessarily call them support groups because um, we don't really call them support groups, but just opportunities to meet other families. So although our NICU is single rooms, which is wonderful for privacy, for the baby's um, development, um, they might not meet somebody that might be right next door to them or right next door to their baby. So I offer some opportunities where they can take a break from being that parent in the NICU. And um, we might do some milestone activities with footprints. This morning, actually, I did, did that with a family. Um, and use the baby's footprints to make a small craft that later on, you know, five, six months, five years down the road, they can look back and, and see that. Um, scrapbooking is really big in our NICU. And that's a great way to, um, again, kind of see those milestones day to day, or, or in some case we have families that are month to month and can be there for a very long time. And then when they can look back at those pictures and see maybe how small or how sick their baby was, and then a few years down the road that you know they made it through that. Um, we're also able to offer um, massages for our parents, which um, is phenomenal because they um, sometimes don't even realize how stressed they are or maybe, you know, if you're dealing with everything in, in, um, that's been going on, to really, it's important for you to take care of yourself, or it's important for our families to take care of themselves. So we really try to, um, you know, tell our families to, just as much as we are taking care of the baby, it's important for you to be, you know, mentally um, health aware and um, taking those breaks. And whether it's even walking around St. Luke's campus for a short walk just to get out of the NICU, because there's some long days. Yeah, uh, you know, I always give that pep talk or that pre-talk uh, to families in the intensive care unit, the adult intensive care unit, to say, look, if they need us right now, and you got to save your reserves. Mm -hmm. If you're here 24-7, I know you love your loved one, and you want the best for them, and you want to advocate for them, because that's important. Right. Uh, that the patients have an advocate that's not in the medical field. You mm -hmm. know, someone's just conveying that. Um but you, if you wear yourself out now, then, you know, 10 days from now when they go home, mm -hmm. uh, you, you're going to be not helping the, finish the, uh, the, the treatment plan. Right, right. And certainly that's important. Uh, one of the better kept secrets, and it's not intended to be kept a secret, mm -hmm. is the Ronald McDonald Room. Yes. And so I think uh, 
uh, to give a, a little explanation what the the little history behind it. Mm-hmm. And I, I believe it's the only room in the state of Iowa. There's Ronald McDonald houses, but I, I think this is the only one that's a room. Um, well, just more recently, there is, um, I believe, a couple of other rooms. Okay, um, all right. But we but were the, we were the first. first. Yep, okay, right, we were good. the first in the state. Yep. Um, so the Ronald McDonald room um, is... Well, it's near and dear to my heart as well. I've used that with my own son. and um, But the Ronald McDonald Room here at St. Luke's was a partnership or is a partnership with Ronald McDonald Charities. And our families are able to um, use the, the room, the kitchen, the living space um, 24 hours a day. Um, we have food in there. Um, the kitchen itself, I guess, is open from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. But there's food that's available. and as much as someone would think that food is not um, maybe an important part of a medical stay, it really is for the families because um, that's something normal. We all, you know, breakfast, dinner, lunch, yeah, yeah. it's important for us. Again, you know, talking about taking care of yourself. And there's emotional comfort there. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, they provide meals. It's another opportunity for those families to meet one another in the family room. And sometimes it might be a quick five minute, I'm going to grab a you know, a cookie that they made in the afternoon, but they can connect with another family that would be going through a similar experience. Um, there's a TV in their kind of living room space. Um, there is a meal, the, the five o'clock meal or the dinner time meal is um, usually made by um, some community group, which is phenomenal that we are able to bring in um, groups from not only Cedar Rapids again, but throughout the area. Or we have families that have used the Ronald McDonald room and they come back and will make meals for, you know, because they've experienced that and they know how important it was. Um, we also have the, um, we have three sleep rooms. So those are open 24 hours a day and that's an opportunity for families. It's almost like a hotel room. Um, they have a, a comfortable bed. They can, you know, be still on the floor at the NICU, um, but just down the hallway and get a good night's rest. Is, are there mixed shakes available on St. Patrick's Day, the green ones? <laughs> there hasn't been, but that's been brought up okay. before. <laughs> All right. That's something we really should yeah. prioritize. Yeah, we'll look into that. that yeah. List, okay. <laughs> uh, it, it, let, let's say I'm a family member and uh, my child uh, or grandchild is in mm-hmm. the, NIC, the NICU. How do, I, how do I advocate? I mean, what, what is the trigger to say uh, I'm not connecting with the physicians, I'm not understanding in this? How, how does someone go about... Uh, getting that support from mm-hmm. you. I know you're proactive. You're mm-hmm. like, you hold the title of one of the kindest, <laughs> nicest <laughs> people that I've ever met. I mean, that an unchallengeable title. But um, how, how does family do that? And before before we get to that, back to the Ronald McDonald room, mm-hmm. how, how can support groups volunteer for their support group to come do that? It's a great sure. activity. I know, my, you know, we've been involved in that and I know yep. some other service organizations, but how does that yeah. happen? Um, they would just need to contact our family room coordinator um, or they can go online, and um, we have a link um, that's connected with the Ronald McDonald Charities, and I believe that they can even sign up online as well. Okay. Um, so it's fairly simple. Even we've had people that'll call um, up to the NICU, and we can even transfer them over. Okay. So um, they have a calendar. They set everything up, um, make it very easy, kind of go through guidelines. So. It's great. Yeah, families do it. We've had sports teams that have done it. It's a great volunteer opportunity and a way, great way to give back. Yeah, absolutely. Now back to that question about yes. I'm a family member. I just don't feel like I'm being heard or mm-hmm. I have questions. Uh, not, not everybody's, I mean, there are people that are willing to 
you know, uh, stop the line and say, yeah. I'm not understanding this, explain yeah. this. Uh, as a physician, you know, a lot of times you're meeting with a family and they're just not in their head yes. And you're wondering, okay, how much are they understanding this? Or are mm-hmm. they just being polite? Right. Um, and we use the teach back method to say, yep. okay, you tell me what I just told you. Yep. And, you know, sometimes it's like, well, I didn't get the job done here. I need to talk, uh, be, connect with them more than what I have done. How, how, how do they, they speak up in the NICU? Yep. We, um, each family or we, each in our NICU, we have a, um, four different pods, we call them. And each of those pods have um, a day that we have a family rounds. And so, um, although that's no, not the only time that they can talk to everyone in the team, that's always available. But it's a cohesive time where everybody talks at that family rounds. Um, so that's one great opportunity to go because I'm there, um, our social workers there, our physicians are there, the bedside nurse is there, dietitian. So there's a number of the multi- multidisciplinary team that's there. So that's a great time. Um, then following that, there's those opportunities where each of us might go in individually, or when I, um, you know, check in with the families and and see how things are going, and um, you know that might come up then. Or can you explain this to me? Um, we really try to advocate. I think the whole team does a really nice job of that, of telling our families, um, if you don't understand it, it's okay if you have to ask ten times. You know, right. we we've right. been we know you know, um, this is there's a lot going on. So we've as a team have been through this, but this family, this might you know obviously be their first experience. So um, advocating for them to really speak up, even though sometimes that might be hard. Um, but then it's, it's in those one-on-one conversations as well that those come out um, where, you know, I might not understand or they might say something um, and I might say, oh, that, you know, let me have the doctor come back in and talk to you. I think that that might be a little different than, than what's, you know, happening or what the plan is. Um, and we also have care conferences, which for our babies um, that are there maybe a, a lot longer time than... Um, then some, um, we kind of had those touch bases with the whole team again. And, and this is the plan for the next maybe two or three weeks. And then, you know, especially in that transition home, just as overwhelming as it is in that beginning stage of the, the parents being in the NICU or the families in the NICU, that going home is um, suddenly, you know, all the people that were there to help might not be there to help. And, and so this is what we can do in that transition to make it as easy. You know, those, those patients that are hospitalized for a long period of time, um, and I've often given the advice they they start to lose control, mm-hmm. and so then small things become a big deal. Yeah. You know, I've had a referee between physicians and nurses and families disputes over the remote control. Mm-hmm. You know, really. Yeah. And it, yeah. this isn't about the remote control. It's the fact they've been here 21 days. Right. Okay, and they've lost control of everything that they had before, and you have to realize that. Um, you know, I always used to tell the hospitalist team when I ran that program that. You know, to, to, to the world, you're just one person. But to this one person, you're the entire world. And don't forget that. Yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, I found one of the, when I depart a patient's room, I ask two questions. Say, is there anything that you need that you don't have mm-hmm. while you're here in the hospital? Yep. And do you have any questions that aren't being answered? And it's, it's amazing how often such basic pedantic things that they mm-hmm. say, uh, pedestrian things, not pedantic, pedestrian things that they say, oh, you know, I haven't had this or that, you know, right. and. It's not that the healthcare team's neglecting. It's just sometimes we take for granted. Yep. And if you don't speak up, um, we can't. We can't read your mind. Well, and there's things that in the overwhelmingness of the NICU that um, staff have maybe said, and 
we feel like, you know, it might be documented that we've said it, we've said it, so we, we think that family member has heard it. But with everything coming at them, you know, that was one thing and that oh, yeah. they heard yeah. it, yeah. but that was not, you know, maybe priority. They heard something, you know, different or heard another piece of, of that, that child's care and what was, in, you know, maybe important to them. So it's, yeah, it's following up on a lot of that. And, and just as we talked before, too, um, they might be worrying about, we might meet with them at one o'clock, but they might be worrying about that other child that's at school. And they're trying to figure out, I need to make sure I pick up that child at 3 or 3.30. And, yeah. and, you know, that's in the back of their mind. And so they're hearing things and they're listening, but they've got all these other things. I, I need to pay that electric bill or I need, to, I need to go home and I've got 10 loads of laundry I need to do or whatever. Which we do have a laundry facility, too, oh, through the family yeah, room. Yeah. But um, so it's available. But nonetheless, you know, there's, there's lots going on. The, even... Um, even though there's, you know, big priority in the NICU, there's so many things outside of the walls of the hospital that that family, or just like you and I, yeah. you know, lots going on in everybody's right. lives. Right, yeah, everybody's busy, yeah. busier it seems like than they were before. Yeah. Um, what, what, how did you end up in your position? Uh, what's your training? What's mm-hmm. a, what, uh, what, what led you to that? And then how long have you been here? Sure, um, well, I've been here, I'm in my 14th year. Um, unique way I guess you could say that I came to be the family support liaison. Um, my son um, is a former 23-week preemie so um, been through a very similar experience. We were here at St. Luke's for five um, five months. He is going to be 15 in December so you know it's been a few years since we've been here um, but about the same time that um, we were being discharged and about within that next year a few months um, the St. Luke's was partnering up with March of Dimes for a NICU family support program. So the first few years that I was here at St. Luke's, um, I was um, under both St. Luke's and March of Dimes. And um, as my role um, evolved, I became um, solely a St. Luke's employee. And so not only am I able to work in the NICU, but in pediatrics as well, which is a nice um, kind of segue sometimes because our families are in the NICU for an extended time or even even you know when it's a week, um, NICU babies might be a little more at risk of getting sick, so they might go into right. pediatrics. So it's nice to be able to, you know, make Con- those provide that yeah, yep, that continuity. Face, absolutely. So um, but by background I have a degree in social work. So prior to working um, at St. Luke's I worked with children and families in the community. So always kind of had that 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 importance. Now your your uh, oldest She's a senior, right? Yes. Will be a senior. Is a senior. She's a senior, yeah. Yep. Same age as yes, my Yes, same oldest. age as yours. Yeah, yep. Right. yep. Well, you know, this, this is great information, and it's very insightful, and it's, it's always nice to have these conversations with uh, professionals like yourself that are beyond the uh, medical round or medical technology mm-hmm. because there's so much more that goes into that, and medicine yeah. truly is a team sport. Um, and, uh, you know, they might not see that on the television shows or, or uh, 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 soap operas, but uh, it truly is. And so this yeah. was Carla Pasarek, Family Support Liaison for St. Luke's Center for Women's and Children's Health. For more information about Women's and Children's Health in the, the NICU, unitypoint.org slash baby. If you have a topic you'd like to suggest to our talk on podcast, shoot us an email at stlukecr at unitypoint.org. And we encourage you to tell your family, friends, and neighbors even strangers about our podcast until next time be well